Welcome back, Warriors. Tansei Sego, Ani Buju, Kuenin Deluizi Pampometer, and I'm the host of this show, The Warrior Life. This podcast is a show about living the warrior life, a lifestyle that focuses on decolonizing our minds, bodies, and spirits, while at the same time revitalizing our cultures, traditions, laws, and governing practices. And it's also about asserting living and defending our sovereignty all over our territories. And it's important to remember that Canada has been found guilty of both historic and ongoing genocide against Indigenous peoples and has failed to adequately address either the past harms that they've done or the ongoing injustices. And while different colonial tactics were used in different territories at different times, our nations share similar experiences of land dispossession, theft of our resources, violence, racism, and ongoing oppression. The Innu Nation in Labrador is no exception. And today, I'm honored to be joined by Innu Nation Grand Chief Etienne Rich and also the Deputy Grand Chief Marianne Nui. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Sir Pamley, for your invitation, and I'm very glad to uh, to sit down with you, have a little bit of discussion what's been happening with our organization, with Indonesia, and along with both level of governments, uh, provincial and uh, federal level. Thank you, Pamela. Thanks for ha for inviting for having me. Um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, be here and. Um, to share the thoughts of, of what's been happening at the Nation. I'm wondering if you can each take some time to introduce yourselves and your background. Maybe we'll start with you, Grand Chief. Okay, my name is Etienne Rich, and I was uh, born and raised here in the, uh, the community of Shishishi in Labrador, uh, a province of Newfoundland and Labrador. And the, uh, and, well, the history of my work uh, with the uh, with the community of Sheshashi, and the, uh, back in the uh, back in, in 2003, I was elected as a, a Shehaji Inu First Nation Council member, and I served two terms there, and I finished my second term back in 2009, and then what happened after that? Then I went to school and uh, uh, I took the business administration course, and no heavy and the. Uh, and then once I got that done, and then uh, I was I was in school in St. John's, Newfoundland, actually. And the uh, once I get that done, then I went back home uh, in my community of Sheshashi, and the uh, and I had a job offer, and uh, I was working as the uh, uh, housing director and the special projects director at the same time. So I was uh, I was the director of both of. Uh, um, uh, both of departments of the Shehaji Inu First Nation. But, and then when it comes to the, um, back in 2014, that's when I ran as a, 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 a Inu Nation board member. And the, uh, and I was elected uh, back in 2014 and I managed to finish the, uh, my term and the, uh, the term is three years. And then the uh, and then uh, I decided again to run as deputy grand chief at that time, the second term. So I managed to uh, uh, got got elected as a deputy grand chief, and then I finished that term last year. And then again uh, I decided to run as a grand chief, which is that's where I am right now. And the uh, I got elected last year August, and 
And being with Indonesian for the last seven years is very good experience to me. And because, and and like like I said, like uh, working with the people of the both communities, Shesheshi uh, and Atwashi is very, very honor to me because uh, I learned a lot. And the uh, we do have a really good advisors in uh, in both level in the both communities of Shesheshi and Atwashi, which is there are an elders. Mm-hmm. They're really good advisors. When it comes to the land claims, these are the advisors are very, uh, very, uh, very helpful to the leadership to uh, our organization to Indonesia. So that's where we are. And I'm from Sheshishi. Like I said, I was born and raised. And uh, and here's here's a good thing about it as well. I was uh, raised by my grandfather. Aww. And and uh, the stories I I had with my grandfather. And he had me when I was about a week old. And uh, ever since, he raised me, and uh, he passed away 25 years ago, and he managed to uh, raise me by himself. And then uh, until the uh, uh, when when I get me, uh, when I was in my teenagers, that's when he passed away. So it was very pleasure and the uh, very good experience growing up with an elder. So I'm very proud of myself to call mm-hmm. to call myself as an Inu and indigenous person. Yes. Uh, lots of experience, you know, lots of experience, like, you know, grounded in culture, grounded in community with your family and your elders, and also in terms of your education. Yes, very indeed. And it's very good experience because, like I said, on my mother's side, because I was raised by my grandfather on my father's side. And, mm-hmm. and on my mother's side, uh, my grandfather passed away a couple months ago, who was uh, 93 years old. Oh. And like I said, when when it comes to the elders, like I said, they're an advisors. Like they're yeah. really good advisors, and the, I learned I learned a lot from them. And the uh, talking about the culture and the history of the Inu, and uh, which is these uh, we've been around this area for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And like uh, we always say, like we're depending on the caribou. Like that's yeah. how we grew up. And that's how our grandparents and ancestors grew up with the caribou and the respect of the animals that we that we are very respectful to towards to animals. And I know I know uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people and the uh, and and these days now I I believe the uh, they have a, a, a little bit teachings at the school when it comes to the animals how to respect yeah. respect the spirits of animals as well. And I think that's very important. These are the kind of things that we've been. We, we got to teach from the, our elders yeah. in our communities and still, Most and there's some people and, uh, and like myself, once in a mm-hmm. while, if I have time, I'll go out in, in, in the bush and, and look for partridge rabbit and that kind of stuff. Eh? So I'm Good. still eating that wild food. And the, uh, and I'm, like I said, I'm very happy that I'm, you know, and, uh, and still practicing my culture every day. So that's okay. where I am there, Pam. That's 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 the best introduction ever. Okay, Deputy Grand Chief, I see you're back. Uh, Maybe you could give us a little introduction as well. Well, good morning. Good morning from uh, Banff. Um, I am. Well, first of all, I'm going to be speaking in my language. Um, You know, Na 
to year 2000 uh, at the Hello, my name is Marianne Nui. Um, I got elected that uh, in a nation as a deputy grand chief uh, a year ago, actually. And um, this is my first term. Um, I'm from Natwashish, which is in the northern, uh, which is in the northern Labrador, and uh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful province, and uh, it's a very remote area. Uh, the culture there is very rich, and the language is very rich as well. the uh, The community itself it has, like, the population is about over a thousand. The Natwashish community was originally uh, created back in um, year 2000, actually. We um, we moved from a community named um, Davis. It was only uh, it was only recently that we moved into that community. <clears throat> Davis was about uh, when I first, uh, as far as I can remember, um, growing up in Davis, yeah. which was in a line, I um, which is which was in on an island. It was about five hundred uh, population, and it grew and grew. So uh, we moved to uh, so the past leaders uh, made a big effort by, you know, by arguing with the uh, federal government to uh, move. Um, Move the community to a better housing and with running waters and uh, with a better to to be more in inland. So it was a very uh, I, I I can't say I had a hard life living in Davis and that it was very, I find it when I look back at it I think it, I, I I was very lucky to be raised in that community because it was, for me, it was very rich. The community, the family were so together. The language was very powerful. And the, uh, and without having a running water, it was, it was challenging. And we had to provide our own wood to get, to, to keep ourselves warm by, especially in the winter time. It was it was a hard work, and that's how we were raised. That's how I was raised by my parents. Is to my parents were were very strong providers in the, in the remote area, especially in the country. So they raised us a lot, along with my six brothers and my other two sisters. So um, that's how it made us strong today. Is how they showed us you know to how strong they were to 
provide for our families. And today, my brothers and sisters are, you know, are doing the best they can to, to, to show that purpose for their own families too. I have a, I have a, a daughter. She is uh, 25. She's, uh, she has about four beautiful girls now. So I'm a grandma. <laughs> so I never expected to say that, but I. I uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I um I, I had I, I had a very uh, good opportunity to learn a lot about from my grandfather. His name was uh, James Pastine. James Pastine was very uh was very uh, involved in politics. He was very powerful when it comes to uh, sharing his thoughts. He thought his thoughts were very um, <clears throat> were very strong, and he never had any. Pro he never struggled showing his uh, what his thoughts were against the uh, you know the the you know his colonization, <laughs> and he he was um, he went through all that, and he uh, he experienced that from growing up. And uh, he experienced the abuse. He experienced the uh, you know the change of uh, the religion when they uh, when they forced religion, uh, Roman Catholic, on uh, on them. So, uh, and especially when the uh, especially when the alcohol was um, was brought in uh, by um, but when by Kai When I say Kai I mean uh, white people. So he experienced all that, and he—I remember sitting beside. Um, I know I sat so many times with my grandfather growing up, and he used to tell me all these stories and like, yeah, what his experience were growing up. And uh, I, <clears throat> throughout those years, when after I finished my uh, my high school. I I took off to uh, I took off to um, Ontario. I went to Toronto and then went off to uh, Peterborough to do uh, my native studies there. Um, my grandfather James had the opportunity to come and visit there as well while I was there, and spoke uh, about his experience as a Inu person as the you know, nation and uh, he shared his thoughts and the um you know with um, uh, with with the other students uh, that I was with so it, it was very uh, it was very uh, I was lucky to have my grandfather at the time and who took the time to come and visit when I was there and uh, I I lived in many places as is I don't know I, I even went to uh, Vancouver to live uh, for about six to seven years to go to school again. But I always end up coming back to uh, to my community and in uh, Labrador. It was just a, it was always a home for me. And I I returned um, I returned probably three close to three years ago now, <clears throat> and uh, it was. And I feel today that it was a very, uh, it was the right decision for me 
And I feel very lucky to be home at the, um, you know, right now. This podcast is about lifting the voices of people and and celebrating our culture and our backgrounds and everything. And clearly you two are contributing significantly to the Innu Nation. And one of the reasons why I invited you to come on this podcast is because I've seen your advocacy on several key issues over the last few weeks. And, And one of them... Um, is a rate mitigation mitigation issue. And I know our listeners aren't going to know a whole lot of details about that. You have a campaign about that. There was an ad in the Globe and Mail. And I'm wondering, Grand Chief, if you can just kind of explain it to us very <coughs> simply what the issue is. Well, the issue is the uh, uh, when we talked about the uh, uh, Moscow Fall Project, this is what happened back in 2008. That's when the negotiations start with the with the, with that project with the Indonesian and the governments, both liberal governments, and the um, and um, it took a long time uh, because of it took a long time the uh, um, to get the uh, uh, understanding with the with the community members of Shishishi and Natwashi in regards when it comes to that kind of big mega project in our territory. And what happened is the uh, back in 2011, that's when we signed the AIP agreement, uh, agreement in principle agreement. And the uh, and the um, <laughs> I'm telling you because uh, Inu people have really had a hard time to let go of their land because uh, uh, we had the ratification voting happening at that time, and the uh, they managed to pass the ratification, and then the uh, and then Inu Nation decided to, uh, and then Inu Nation had the negotiations with the both liberal governments the uh, about that project and the uh, and like I said like I said in my previous interviews because uh because it was a really hard decision for the Inu people here in Labrador to uh, uh, to uh, to uh, to let go of the land uh, the, the, the the kind of mega project that's that that was happened and about that Moscow Falls and the, uh, there was an understanding, and there's a lot of uh, promises, and the uh, and like I said, the agreement was an agreement, and there is a legal document, and the uh, and the uh, these are the kind of things that we're looking forward to. Uh, 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 these are the future generation people that are supposed to be benefit out of out of that project, and the yeah, uh, and then what happened this past few months ago, and the. Uh, and uh, when I was elected as a deputy grand chief at that time, because uh, uh, we keep saying that the uh, that if there's going to be talks and uh, when it comes to the rate mitigation, because uh, because the uh, we know that uh, it was coming, but we don't know what beat it, but but we did we didn't know when. But here's the problem, because the the problem about that rate mitigation because of overruns and the way over budget that of uh, that project, which is the I got nothing to do with that uh, as you know people. But here's the thing: we had an IBA with the uh, with Nelcor, Nelcor Energy, and the uh, and we had an understanding, and the uh, there's a percentage was on the table, uh, was agreed upon between Indonesia and the government, and the uh, and the uh, and the people were very happy because uh, these are the kind of mega projects that we've been consult uh, consent to happen in our territory, in inside our land, and the. Uh, and the whole purpose of that, because that these are the kind of things that we're looking for to have the uh, um, a really good benefits for future generation young people, and the uh, and now 
And now this, uh, what happened past few months ago, uh, just day before the announcement, that's when we knew that the uh, the red mitigation announcement is happening, which is always very surprised and very disappointed at the same time. And uh, and I keep shouting out into them through the media. I keep saying that uh, just to let people know around the uh, in, in in the province or probably across Canada as well. Like I said, like our premier is a very dishonest person and very disrespectful. And I'm very disappointed because of it, because of what he's been doing under the table between Canada and Newfoundland. And I think that's a, that's not a very uh, a nicest way to uh, deal with the indigenous people. And the uh, and the uh, and like I said, we did have, we did have a legal document about the IBA between the Indonesian and the uh, about that mega project. And here's the thing. <clears throat> and now. After what happened, the uh, after that happened because uh, uh, just a day before the announcement, the one of the uh, government officials approached us, and uh, we had a teleconference, and he just let us know that the uh, that there's going to be a rate mitigation uh, announcement happening tomorrow, and the uh, and I said, when was this decided? And uh, and uh, I never heard anything because. Uh, just about a month before the announcement, I met with the premier of Newfoundland, the the uh, uh, in 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 St. John's, and I, should, uh, and I'm surely clearly that I told him that the uh, he need to uh, he need to inform us in ahead of the time because uh, we are we were we are one of the uh, Aboriginal groups here in this in this province that we have the uh, we were we are one of the big. Uh, uh, major players on that on the, on that project because we're the ones are holding the IBA, and and I think that's very important. And the uh, because you're signing a legal document here, and, uh, and you have to think about that because if there's not if there's no Inu, uh, that project would be in reality. And these are the kind of things that they're backstabbing us, and they're doing behind door negotiations, and these are very unacceptable. Uh, uh, not very unacceptable. The uh, the both liberal governments of Canada and uh, and Newfoundland, which is we both know that they're liberals, and I think the uh, and uh, they're screwing us up as an indigenous people here at the United Nations, and I think that's very disrespectful. And like I said. I'm very disappointed, and I keep shouting out, and I'll keep shouting out as much as I can, and I'm not going to stop. And and I'm pretty sure that Premier knows what I'm saying, and mm -hmm. even though he hears it, I'm much more sure do that. I'm I'm more <laughs> I'm more appreciative could listen to us. But mm -hmm. here's the thing: at that time, uh, we're requesting three things. We're requesting the formula of the uh, financial formula. What's the uh, What's the what's the the deal looks like between the uh, Canada and Newfoundland? These are the kind of things we've been requesting because we want to know, we want to analyze our own our IBA how that is going to be affected, because it's very important. Like I said, like these are the these these revenues are supposed to be benefit for our future generation people, uh, our young people, Inu people especially, and the uh, and the other thing that we're requesting that the uh, that we need to sit down on the negotiating table when it comes to the uh, Canada and Newfoundland when it comes to rate mitigation. I think that's very important that the uh, that Indonesia would have a seat there because, uh, like mm -hmm. I said, we're one of the major uh, players on that on that big project, and and which is I have never received anything. We we'll just keep sending correspondence between. Uh, us as Indonesia and 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 the and the province of Newfoundland and and Canada, 
and uh, we end up filing the court. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, we did that back in a couple of weeks ago, and the uh, and at the same time we filed the injunction, <coughs> court injunction because because I know that the uh, that final agreement need to be signed between mm-hmm. between from uh, from end of September, which is, is not very far from now, and I think that's very important that the. Uh, that that Indonesia need to uh, mm-hmm. uh, get the uh, get the uh, proper information, but from both level of governments mm-hmm. and the uh, and I'm saying that the uh, and as well the uh, uh, to sit on the negotiating table when it comes to rate mitigation, yes. because that's very important. Because uh, these are the uh, these are the revenues that we've been we really depend on because there's a mm-hmm. lot of gaps been uh, between the uh, you're probably aware of the uh, at the same time, there are a couple. Well, there's a, a human rights uh, report commission came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of that, but uh, yeah. it was, and and we did that in St. John's, Newfoundland. And I think like we're the report said this is the third report has been out, and there's been a lot of gaps, and that those revenues of IBAs that's the gaps that we use the funds to uh, to fill out those gaps that Canada is supposed mm-hmm. to do. I think Canada is a is uh, is not doing nothing to the indigenous people, and uh, and we end up using our own fund source of funds there uh, to fill those gaps uh, on that report. <coughs> I think it's very important that Canada need to step up and be be a government if he wants to be a government. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's that's yeah. that's the word I'm using, and yeah, uh, and I'm very happy. Uh, and I'm very happy to uh, to talk to anyone anytime. And the uh, like I said, like I do receive a lot of uh, yeah. emails and uh, and the support from the uh, different indigenous leaders mm-hmm. across the country in Canada, especially in the BC, Manitoba, and Ontario, and everything. I thank thank God for that, and I'm very mm-hmm. appreciated. And the uh, and I had a really good chance to talk with the national chief. Uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, Ultraball. And uh, mm-hmm. I really, I really do have, and I really had a really good conversation mm-hmm. with her, talking about to uh, talking about what's been happening with the our nation and the, and the both liberal governments at the time. Good. Well, that's good. I mean, Deputy Grand Chief, this seems <clears throat> like they don't seem to be respecting your land rights, your Inu rights. You know that this is like your lands and resources, and there's even an agreement in place, like. What are your thoughts on this issue? This just seems like they're simply not respecting the law when it comes to your rights. She's frozen. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, maybe we'll come back to her. I- I'm just wondering, you know, Grand Chief, you know, there's there's a lot of legal rights involved here. I mean, we've long passed this issue of consultation the issue should be consent and you having a say and you making governing decisions and them respecting your rights i mean it 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 seems to me like they're simply not respecting your rights here yes very indeed that's what i keep saying because uh looking at the uh the uh the liberal government actually because uh justin trudeau like uh keep talking about reconciliation and that kind of stuff like like the other reporters are asking me, what do you think of reconciliation? I, I really don't know now these days. I don't know what's reconciliation anymore because uh, mm-hmm. you keep talking about it. Our premier here in Newfoundland Labrador keeps talking about it, and I'm hardly, uh, I'm hardly, I'm having a hard time to believe what they're saying because these days, because 
like what what happened what, what we haven't experienced this past couple months with them uh, our land yeah mm-hmm. especially and the like i said we're the ones who consent that that project that to move yeah. forward yeah. and the uh, and and like i said like i like i keep saying that the, the premier of newfoundland Labrador is a very dishonest person and the uh, and i thought at the beginning when i met him when I was in the uh, when I was at deputy grand chief at that time, just about the my term was over, uh, he came to our community. I met with him, and uh, because he he was in the uh, he was in the uh, on the, in the campaign mode at that time, because uh, and he was uh, he was a premier for uh, almost a year, I think. Then he there was a general election call for the province, and then he ran again, and then. Like I said, and I thought we had a really good mm-hmm. understanding and the uh, really good working relationship with him between Indonesia and the problems of Newfoundland, which is and uh, everything what he says, like, it's just like it's gone. Like, uh, I'm having a hard time to believe in everything, what, whatever he says right now, because mm-hmm. like listen to him on the uh, on his interviews after the red mitigation, like. Like I said, very dishonest person. He never approached us. He doesn't give us any information. And they're told they told me that they don't have no financial formula of that agreement yet. And how can you agree anything without financial formula? Tell me yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, we're not that stupid. We're probably indigenous people, but we're not that stupid. No. So, <laughs> so I think that I think the premier need to smarten up here. I think the yeah. uh, like you're dealing with the people with the uh, with the with the the people uh, the the resources here in this uh, territory and the, yes uh, and I, and and uh, and I'm saying like and I'm saying pretty sure like if we don't benefit anything out of it, no one will benefit. Yeah, like I, w- I wouldn't let anyone to commission that dam if we don't benefit out of it, because we had a commitment and we had a legal documents and mm-hmm. uh, there was a percentage what in, was in place to. Uh, uh, to receive the revenue for mm-hmm. the future generation people. And if we don't get it, no one will get it. Not even the province of Newfoundland and Labrador will get it. So that's, yeah. that we'll, we'll keep fighting as much as we can. And, uh, and that's, if, if that's the way it's going to be. And that's the way it's going to be. So what what can we do to help? Like I know other indigenous First Nations are supportive of you. You've got like activists and people like us who are supporting you. What can we do to help put pressure on the federal and provincial government to to smarten up and come to the table in a good way. Well, here's the thing: uh, we know in the uh, in the west of uh, indigenous people, they do have a similar uh, formula of the IBAs that we have in, in place with the governments. I think that's very important that they need they need to think about because if if the government could do that to us, they could do it to everyone. And I think that's very important that we need to stick together as an indigenous people and the, uh, we need to show them that we still exist. And and this is our lands that we are you're yeah. benefiting and, and, and collecting uh, the revenue. And I think they should keep that in mind. And I think we could we should keep uh, saying same over, same over that uh, we still exist. And the, uh, mm-hmm. and now like and now these days I'm still listening to uh, the, uh, the the media and uh, looking at the residential school, like what that tells us. They yep. st- and the numbers keep rising. Mm-hmm. It was started from 215. Now it's over 6,000. And 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 the Canada wants to apologize to the Indigenous people, and they keep finding this unmarked graves. Yeah. And 
just previously, not too long ago, I received an email. Uh, our pro our premier wants to apologize in regards to residential school. I said, why, why do you want to apologize for it? They, they still keep locating the armed uh, yeah. graves and reconciliation. You're talking about reconciliation yeah. here. Jesus, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do, but I said, like I said, we're still exist, and then they need to lis listen to us as an indigenous people. And I think it's very important that the, uh, in the across the country here in Canada, I think it's very important that the leadership, they should come together and they should work together and there should be one voice for the indigenous people here in Canada. And I think that's the most important thing that the, that the, uh, whoever wants to take a seat of the a federal seat uh, as a government, I think they need to respect the, the indigenous people here in Canada. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like what they want to do is just apologize and move on and forget about addressing what they did in the past. Like you need to compensate and, and, and locate these children. And then they don't want to deal with all the injustices in the future because I mean, Look at the Innu Nation. I mean, I've been following the Innu Nation for years, and you've got you know got that Canadian Human Rights Tribunal report about ongoing human rights violations. You've got the Hydro Quebec you know dam litigation. You've got this rape mitigation. You there's just so many things, and even self government. I understand they've been taking decades to try to negotiate self government and land issues. Oh, yes. We've been sitting on the table for the last three decades, like over 30 years we've been negotiating the treaty. And yeah, and we're still is. And there's a lot of, and the first report we had the community at the, the Canadian Human Rights Act, that was back in 1993. It was mentioned, the, the treaty negotiation, and still the same as it is since 1993. So like I said, there's a, a lots of gaps on that on that report there and the uh, ever since the uh, mm -hmm. the first report and the here's the other thing that when it, you just remind me about the Church of Falls project. Like this one of very good examples that the uh, that the uh, the Newfoundland did the, the this uh, mega project uh, mm -hmm. in Church of Falls which is we call ourselves that Michigamo and the uh, these are the hunting grounds for the, our people for for thousands of years and so we've been existing in thousands of years in this territory and and we uh, we we appro we proved that because we had to dig information under the ground for for so many years and we do got the artifacts and everything all kinds of proof for the uh, for the uh, for the for the our for our people being in this land for thousands of years, and and like I said, when like I said on the on the uh, on the uh, when when we did the uh, what do you call that the press conference in regards that fifty years past due, and mm -hmm. like I said, we were consulted, we were consented, we lost a lot of history. And like I said, we we lost the uh, roots of the hunting roots for the Inu people when they followed the caribou. And like I said, our ancestors and the uh, and the uh, and our people, their graves in underwater now because mm -hmm. of the flooding of that Churchill Falls, Michigamo Lake, and the uh, no one ever consent and no one, uh, we didn't consent that and no one ever. Uh, consult consult what they were going to do in our land and 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 I heard that the uh, the former uh, premier of Newfoundland that they're saying there's no Aboriginal exists in this area 
Oh my god. My god. But here's the thing. Like we have proof. We've been yeah. here for thousands of years, like I said, and we still exist. Yes. Uh, yes. And you keep and you still will keep hearing us no matter yeah. what. And if we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight. We must well, yeah. we well go there if yeah. we're gonna have to do that. Because we've been there. We've been there, yeah. we've done that, we already experienced that, and we've been yeah. it's, it's already happened there before, back in the early 80s. If you yeah. can remember about the history of Indonesia when they fought about the uh, low-level flying NATO here in yes. Duisburg. Yes. That was a big fight. And uh, we managed, and we didn't give up, and uh, we are the kind of people we don't give up easy. Well, uh, I know that you have uh, another really important meeting, and it would have been really great to also hear from Deputy Grand Chief, but I'm sure she echoes all of your concerns. Um, what I'll do is make sure that we post links for people so that they can share all your press conferences and articles and find ways to support you. Is there, any, is there anything else that we can do to help support the Inu Nation? Well, like I said, like any time if you want me, if if I get an invitation to speak out, and okay. I'm I'm more happy to do it, and I'm I'm willing to do it, and I'm very happy that you, I had an invitation from you to sit down with you, and I'm very appreciate to do that, and the, like I said, like uh, as an indigenous people, there's only one voice. Like I think we yeah. should keep it keep it that way throughout to throughout to the Canada, and I think it's very important that the. Uh, that Canada, uh, Canada need to hear the indigenous people what the concerns are, and the, uh, they should, they should keep that there in their heads that yeah. they're being generating revenue in our in our lands. That's yes, cool. yes, exactly. And one, one other thing, I just want to say something in my language. I just mm -hmm. want to thank to Ninskomodanjenotane. Uh, 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 I just want to thank you again, dear Pam, and I'm very appreciated that all the time that we've been having a little bit of discussion, and uh, I'm not looking forward to do it again in the future. Yes, for sure. Well, we'll definitely do what we can to make sure everyone knows, and thanks to all the listeners and the viewers who will share this podcast far and wide and demand that federal and provincial governments do better. I'll post all of the links. Thanks so much for tuning into the Warrior Life podcast. Hopefully next time we'll have a better connectivity with the Deputy Grand Chief. Uh, thank you all again. Keep living a warrior life. Walalia. Well,